I'm Alex Tillet, and this is Vision Vibes, the podcast bringing you the uplifting stories of inspiring people from all walks of life. Today, I want to talk to you about art. Art is meant to be an original reflection on the human experience. Good art is supposed to push our boundaries and offer us novelty. It's supposed to move society forward and give us a new angle from which we can look inward back onto ourselves. That's what good art is supposed to be. But when you look at mainstream movies and art these days, a lot of it is kind of recycled or repetitive. On some level, I can understand, because especially in classical art, people want to see the kind of art that they imagine. So people think of a Shakespearean play the way it was presented in the 1600s and imagine that today it should be kind of presented in the same way. But society has changed since then, and I think not reflecting the changes in society within the art is a missed opportunity. So even if it makes people uncomfortable, I think it's an important part of art to challenge and to renew itself to adapt to the times. Today's guest has made it her mission to introduce novelty into ballet dancing. Casa Pancho is the founder and artistic director of Ballet Black. She started the company in 2001 when she was just 21 years old. Her London-based studio gives a platform to dancers of African and Asian descent who were traditionally excluded from ballet. We met Casa and asked her why she founded Ballet Black and why it resonates so much with modern audiences. Um, The idea came out of, I think, quite a few things. First... I am mixed race, so as I was growing up, I was living in a mixed family, but all my interactions in professional ballet school were very Caucasian, and because I don't look like my father is from the Caribbean, people would often say things in front of me that they wouldn't have said if they had realised there was somebody of black heritage in the room, Um, which I found, at first I found really shocking, but then I thought that's really revealing um, that you get this insight into what people would and wouldn't say about black dancers. So at the moment, we have nine dancers in Ballet Black, but we are trying to get to 10. Um, We started with six and then went to eight. Now we're at nine and we're trying to find the 10th dancer. And we managed to put on around 35 shows a year. When I was a child, I was the only black person in the room at the, at the studio I was dancing at. And my teacher said, there's no future for you in ballet. You should go into contemporary dance, modern dance, African dance, musical theatre, but you won't get a job in ballet. So there was a generation of teachers who, whether well-meaning or not, were advising their students, there is no place for you. There were company directors at that time saying, we don't want one black swan in the corps de ballet because it would be distracting to the audience and it would be jarring on the eye, which if you said that today, it would be absolutely ridiculous. But it was allowed to be said then. And so I think for a long time, we had amazing, talented British dancers who were sort of funneled into other careers because they were always told ballet is not for you. And that doesn't happen so much at the amateur school level, but it really happened at the professional school level. At that time, the big ballet companies were founded by people that were sort of long gone, historic figures in dance. And there were no ballet companies started by anyone that was still currently alive. So it was a unusual idea. 
People said, there's no way you can do it because no one knows who you are. There's no sort of ballet pedigree. And the fact that you want all black and Asian dancers is insane because there are no black and Asian ballet dancers that could form a company. Um, so it was a bit grim at the start. It just, the struggle keeps changing. So back then, you know, to find a thousand pounds to put on a show was, seemed impossible. So in the beginning, um, I worked a couple of jobs as a receptionist and as a ballet teacher for somebody else. And I used that money to pay the first ballet black dancers a very small amount to pay for travel, shoes, lunch, that kind of thing. So when Ballet Black started, we were six dancers and that immediately meant we could not do Swan Lake or Giselle. And I also really didn't want to do those ballets because we are in the same city as English National Ballet and the Royal Ballet doing those things brilliantly. Why would we want to come along and do a sort of miniature version? So right from the start, I knew I needed to commission people to create work for six dancers. So in the ballet repertoire 21 years ago, there wasn't really a lot of work for pre-existing work for such a small cast. And I want to do something a bit different and have shorter work to, to encourage people to come along and see what we were doing. And that really worked well for us. I would describe our repertoire as eclectic. So it is a body of work by many different people. And we cover a range of different themes and topics, whether that's you know, music that you might not expect a ballet to be done to or a story that you may not expect to be told. So, you know, Nina Simone, the ballet, is I'm pretty sure the first time this has ever been done, even in America. Um, and what I hope we do with our repertoire is make stories that are relevant to people today. So I think that what makes our repertoire special is that it speaks to people regardless of their cultural background, actually. It really speaks to people about modern modern times and, you know, real true emotion, not just the perfection of the line like you might expect from something like Swan Lake, but something that really, you know, truth in the movement that really gets people because we have lots of very emotional people at the end of our shows. And I think that is um, that's very special to the company. It was very interesting for me to see Casa aiming for an entirely novel approach. She wasn't interested in doing the same classical plays that people have seen a bunch of times, but just doing them again with an all-black or all-Asian cast. Since her cast was new and original, she wanted the plays to be just as new and original. And that path that she chose, I think, is probably the hardest one. It's already hard to make money as an artist, and it's even more difficult to try to persuade people to come see a crew they've never seen before perform a piece they've never even heard of. But this is the mission that Casa set for herself. And finding funds and pieces to perform were not the only difficulties she faced in getting Ballet Black off the ground. When you're dealing with a prolonged system of exclusion and discrimination that extends to every aspect of ballet, including the shoes. The freed shoes came out of quite a few things. It really kicked off because one of our former dancers, Chira Robinson, arrived at the shop to buy her usual pink shoes and saw a load of coloured satin swatches on the counter and there was every color under the rainbow except brown and 
I think something just snapped for Jira because she had been pancaking her shoes, which is when you paint pink shoes with brown foundation to make them look like your skin color. And the reason we do that is to have a, a continuous line from the tip of the toe to the tip of your finger. And historically, shoes and tights only come in pink. So if you are a dancer who is black or Asian, it doesn't really work for you. So Chira was buying her shoes, saw these colored swatches and asked, could you make me a brown shoe? And they said, sorry, we, we only have these colors, which was almost every single color you could think of except brown. To cut several years of back and forth short, um, we, the company got involved, Bally Black got involved to ask Freed to find the brown satin and that we would work with them to help develop a shoe that would, at that point, suit Chira and that could then hopefully be opened up to other dancers to buy. I watched Chira open the first pair of shoes that were entirely ready. And it was very emotional because it seemed like a very insignificant issue. But there's something about being able to offer the young girls in our school something reflective of them. And that they see this signifier that says ballet is for you. And I think that is the main thing, because if there's something for you in an industry that you think is close to you, then it opens the door for you. I don't think racism is going to go away, so we will always have that struggle. But I think if we can get to a place where the people who shape ballet are from diverse backgrounds, that that will change the experiences for those like three-year-old kids that start ballet for fun, going right the way through to being in a professional company. Because at the moment, there are very few black people on the boards of ballet companies, excluding Ballet Black. There's very few leadership positions held by black people in ballet and very few producers, funders, you know, decision makers. So, as we see the dancers of Ballet Black and the other brilliant black artists in other British companies retire out of dancing and take on those roles, we will start to see a better change. But it can't happen until those people are ready to take on those leadership roles. But when they do, I think we will see a massive difference in the dance world. Cassa's story reminds me of one of my favorite quotes by Margaret Mead. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. The arts won't become diverse all at once. It takes innovation and it takes innovative artists. It takes time to break out of this mold that audiences have gotten used to and to challenge the traditional image we have, even at the risk of being subversive and criticized for what we're doing. That subversion... That invitation of criticism, I think those are hallmarks of good art. And the reason I think Ballet Black specifically is so appealing and so successful before its audiences is that Casa managed to combine diverse artistic traditions into something new. She mixed ballet, which we still see as being traditionally white, with choreographies developed by non-white artists and performed by non-white dancers. And in that sense, I feel like it's something that Casa was in a unique position to do because of her own mixed heritage. She used her identity as an advantage to create her art, and that's how you get the best art. 
It's a theme we often see here on Vision Vibes. When I look across all the episodes, I think the common factor in happiness is people doing the thing that makes them them. It's people finding their own individual sense of purpose and using it as a pathway toward their inner peace and happiness. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. This interview was originally broadcast by NHK World Japan on television as part of the interview series Direct Talk. You can find our other stories on the Vision Vibes website. I've been Alex Tillet. See you next time.